Madame et Monsieur, écoutez bien. Welcome to Fashion Mode with Charles McDonald, brought to you in association with Force Magazine on World Radio Paris. Bonjour and welcome to Fashion Mode. This is the primetime fashion show for World Radio Paris, brought to you in association with Force Magazine. I'm Charles Stanley MacDonald and I'll be hosting the show exclusively for World Radio Paris. Coming up in today's show, I'm going to be taking a critical look at the latest instalments for Paris menswear and Milan's mixed fashion weeks, with both cities having recently undertaken their first ever digital and live streaming spring-summer 2021 editions as a response to these unprecedented times. You could not unironically draw one conclusion from the first ever digital Paris Fashion Week. The most powerful menswear designers in the world had no intentions of abandoning the runway anytime soon. Over five days of fashion films, the Houses of Paris largely interpreted that format in clips, teasing collections yet to come, in classic moving editorial or in many documentaries. Over at Louis Vuitton, Virgil Abloh set the tone with an inspired animated short film that announced his spring-summer 2021 runway show in Shanghai on the 5th of August. The live, very real kind, that is. The teaser starred a cartoon characters dubbed Zoom and Friends, who run riot in Paris and end up hiding as stowaways in Louis Vuitton containers, which are shipped to far-off lands. In all its cuteness, the film was loaded with Ablo's messages of diversity and inclusivity. The animated characters are representation of himself and his infiltration of the fashion establishment. Ablo is determined to use his massive Louis Vuitton platform to positively influence his audience and big shows, like the ones via which he earned his own fashion education by watching them online. And even to this day, those are the most effective ways to make that impact. You got the feeling that Hermès served a different sentiment. While Veronique Nishian's film for the house included a collection, albeit reduced due to the broken supply chain, the ghost of the runway show was very much alive and present. Hermès worked with the artist Serial Test on a choreographed live production that revolved around the moment backstage before the show. As Nishinan explained, the boys biding their time, some goofing, others in frow to their phones, and in time of physical constraint, nothing could have romanticised the thrill of this runway show anymore. Except perhaps the idea of seeing those delectable Emmys garments in real life. There was an effortless lightness and optimism to Nishian's collection, and it seemed to permeate the Paris internet collection all at once. Over at Dior, Kim Jones mixed interview footage with Moving Editorial in a film about his spring-summer 2021 collaboration with the Ghanaian artist Amokao Boafo. It was time for me to celebrate an African artist like we have American artists or Japanese artists, Jones explained. And I wondered, what exactly would Mr. B. Dior be looking at right now? Between clips of Boafo's work, Jones offered beautiful glimpses of the clothes they had inspired, 
bright and vibrant and so tuned with delicate textures and imagery that you wished for a VR headset or indeed a real runway experience. If Jones got the chance, then these pieces deserve an outing beyond the borders of cyberspace. You could say the same for the explosion of colour that jumped through your screen at Berluti, where Chris Van Ash presented his collaboration with the American artist Brian Rochefort in a documentary-style film. It had been produced in the same way that the collection had during the lockdown, via Zoom meetings and imagery sent backwards and forwards between Van Ash's home in Paris and Rochefort's studio in Los Angeles. The Berluti designer had covered super white silk shirts with photo prints of Rochefort's hyper-colourful swap in the face of traditional ceramic art sculptures and woven their textures into larger-than-life knitwear. Soundtrack to audio from one of the Zoom calls, the film showed both creatives at work illustrating their wares, processes and similarities between their practices straight to the camera. But as Vinash said at the end, it's good, it's interesting and it's nice to be able to explain stuff to people, but I miss the emotion. So as soon as we can go back to fashion shows and storytelling, I will most certainly be doing that. Over at Raccoon's, the digital format became an opportunity to showcase his process. In a CC tile video, the designer captured himself stealing each look from his collection on his friend and colleague Tyrone Dillon. Owens described his collection as being called Plerathagon, one who rivers in the inferno described in Dante's Divine Comedy. Not quite the centre of hell, but on the way there. He quipped, romanticising doom has always been an adolescent mood, and it's a classic way to confront fear and instability. Hope for the best, but plan for the worst. He went on to describe nearly every element of the collection, which was either upcycled from previous ideas, or indeed recycled materials such as plastic. This resourcefulness was a time of limitation and discovery. Dries van Noten painted a similar image, albeit just with one look. The model, Jonas Gloer, pictured at an imaginary set of drums tapping away while bathed in romantic lights. The designer was behind an early and very reasonable lockdown proposal to change the date of future fashion weeks in order to match up with fashion seasons and weather seasons a little bit more better. Van Noten's ambient but restrained proposal for Digital Fashion Week reflected a similar pragmatic sense of moderation. And come September, I'm sure we'll be in for the full Monty. Meanwhile, Wu Yong Mi amped up the digital showmanship, with the Korean designer presenting her Pina Bausch-inspired collection of genderless soul-centric tailoring in a choreographed dance production set within the Théâtre de Beauf du Nord, which only needed an audience in order to pass for a real-life show. This year, around the world, we came together in a virtual dance of unity. We wrote in an accompanying text. And now we join hands and dance our way into the future, unified by the power of diversity, inclusivity and hope. We are all connected with natural free-for-all that comes with the Fashion Week. And those words resonated to be true on so many levels. If Wu Yong Mi activated her garments through movement, 
Then Jonathan Anderson made his Loewe collection come to life through the very volume of each piece. In an interview video, the designer personally presented some of the key pieces in his collection, including a top fashioned as a basket, which fell entirely out, bursting across the computer screens. The sculptural loudness and emphasis on the craft was a big theme during lockdown, and there were many reflections throughout the collection, which were also showcased quietly on the spotlit spanning mannequin. Lanvin Conversway broke out of the studio and took a trip to Lyon, where Bruno Cialielli captured a lookbook and short clip for his spring, summer and resort 2021 men's collections. The designer chose the Palais Ideal for his backdrop, a trippy structure erected by hand by a postman over three decades in the late 19th century. The single-handed realisation of one individual's ideal building was an appropriate reference for post-pandemic fashion, where parallels have been drawn to the way in which designers like Christian Dior and Pierre Balma rebuilt the industry after the war. But Cialelli's excursion, clad so elegantly in boys' sailor tops, dainty butterscotch coats and a gap contained and adorned with etre illustrations, was also a resourceful take on the destination shows and sports spectaculars that currently seem like a faint memory in fashion. Like the rest of Paris's digital men's fashion shows, it was so nice to see fashion in motion again and get a glimpse of glamour that so desperately craves an audience. Last Sunday evening, Balma took to the River Seine to bring Paris a socially distanced haute couture show of epic proportions to mark the 75th anniversary of the house. From the beginning of the lockdown in Paris, I wanted to do something when it was over, creative director Olivier Rostang said in a phone call to the fashion press on Sunday morning. To celebrate fashion and the fact we feel kind of free in Paris now, after two and a half months in lockdown, is something quite special and something quite empowering. At 7.30, the artistic director sailed through the Eiffel Tower on a peniche, a river barge, carrying 21 models wearing wicks from Balma's haute couture archives. At 8pm, the show sailed under the Pont des Arts, where 50 dancers choreographed by Jean-Charles Jusny were joined by the 25-year-old designer, singer, Yisnau, who gave a performance. The barge continued towards Notre Dame Cathedral, inviting all of Paris to watch the show, but from a distance. Safety is a priority. Backstage, all the rails are distanced. We made sure there's a two metre distance between all the models and on the boat. There's going to be a big mirrored floor to reflect the sky, Rustan said, quipping, I just hope it's not going to rain. During the lockdown, the designer began to draw parallels between Balma's history and the experiences surrounding the pandemic. Pierre Balma founded his fashion house in 1945, amid the destruction of World War II. 
His jolie madame silhouette became a symbol of hope and restoration alongside Christian Dior's new look and would go down in fashion history as a moment of optimism, epitomising the fighting spirit of the haute couture industry. We are not going through a war, Rustang acknowledged, but we are going through a pandemic. Fashion is in a tough moment, and I don't think the answer to it is to do anything. It's actually trying to spread the respect about the world we live in now and to give some hope and optimism. From his Balma barge, he wanted to convey a gesture of inclusivity, both by making his impromptu Balma retrospective public, but also by proxy of the values Rostan stands for at Balma. I wanted to show people that this was a classic French house, and today I am the artistic director of it. Being half Ethiopian and half Somalian, I show the difference between now and before. You can see the evolution not just through the clothes, but on how the world has changed. I think it's a message of hope that we have done together. The world is changing and it's important to remember the past as well as the present. Rustam will mix his own Balma archive with dresses worn by Beyoncé, Kim Kardashian West and Cindy Crawford. Although not technically haute couture, with looks by Pierre Balma and former creative directors Oscar de la Renta and Eric Mortensen, whose work covers Balma's history between 1946 and 1990. It goes from the most romantic Pierre Balma to the most glamorous Mortensen and the most Hollywood de la Renta, showing the brand's international vision right from the beginning, the designer quoted. What would be the main Faust's founder and what would he have thought of this vision for today? Rostang pensively laughed. Haters would say, oh my God. But what I would say is, I've built up the Balma army, he noted, referring to the diversity initiative he set up for the brand. Monsieur Balma dressed women who at the time were not conservative. Bridget Bardot, Josephine Baker and such. I think the Balma army I've built will be remembered in 20 years. And I think he was really pop in his own way. He designed dresses and he designed dresses for princesses. I dress Michelle Obama, but at the same time I can also dress pop culture. We have the same ambiguity between bourgeoisie and pop. And that for me is what fashion is all about today. So what was the final verdict on Digital Milan's Fashion Week? A jumble of haute couture, crews and menswear presentations. This week was the ongoing digital showcase which invited viewers behind the curtain of fashion. Whilst on the ground in Milan, audiences tentatively made their way and returned to the real wife runway. When fashion went into lockdown, industry debates soon began to fill the digital forum. Was this an opportunity to reform the pace of the industry, its incessant show cycle and complex infrastructure? While proposals may have been in vain, 
the discussions appear to have had a meta effect on the designers. This week's digital shows saw a number of behind-the-scenes films, which seemed to me intent on demonstrating the industry's internal structures that fashion brands normally hide from public view. Officially, it was Men's Digital Fashion Week, but the digitalisation of the summer shows has created a schedule where films in haute couture, crews and menswear from Milan, Paris and elsewhere are dropping in one great big jumbo. Ms. Margiela released a 50-minute fly-on-the-wall documentary about the making of its haute couture collection, and the atelier opened after lockdown, seeing John Galliano fitting out each of his team members and his dogs with GoPro pramas and had drones flying around his studio for over a month. This result was a rare glimpse into the painstaking practices of his couture collection. It's about the highest form of dressmaking, Galliano reminds us in the film. It serves a bigger purpose than dressing the elite. It fuels a fashion house. What may seem like a never-ending promotional game to one of his shows is an all-important organism to a designer like Galliano. His film was an illustration about the significance of what he calls the creative pyramid, where hot couture isn't about vanity or elitism, but about developing a tone-setting language that informs the ready-to-wear and pre-collections that account for the bulk of the business. I thought this would be a wonderful time to reinforce the ethics of Maison Margiela and record it in some way that would appeal to Generation Y and Z, Galliano explained. At Gucci, which has announced a seasonless approach for some futures, Alessandro Michel showcased his cruise collection, retitled the epilogue, and in a 12-hour live stream from its own campaign shoot, featuring staff from his design studio in place of models. At Versace, Donatella Versace also documented her campaign shoot, turning it into a music video with AJ Tracy. The productions were different, but the clothes were worlds apart. But reading between the lines of Galliano, Michel and Versace, I saw a similar narrative and subliminal point. If there is no runway show to work towards, the creative process becomes the show itself. If the industry that feeds off designers' collections wants to debate how those collections are shown, then at least we have to understand the effort that goes into their creation and their transmission. In Salvatore Ferragamo's Cruise Collection, which outlined the history and ethics of the brand in a film that culminated in moving editorial imagery, I thought the message was largely the same. Whilst many brands produced films that echoed campaigns in motion clips, we normally see on their social media channels, others took advantage of the makeshift film format. Prada handed its men's and women's cruise collections to different photographers and asked them to reinterpret it through their lens. We are used to doing fashion shows, but at the moment you can't do a physical show, so you have to invent another work. It is not what we know. Lucia Prada candidly admitted, so instead we decided to give five different people, five different chapters, and complete creative freedom. This is a concept and something that I've always believed in, and once I create the clothes, they belong to the life of the people, they belong to the others that wear them. Prada's was a great and well-executed idea, and one that illustrated how a different collection can look depending upon its context. Looking at the stills pictures after us, 
This case had been the same for every digital presentation. It demonstrated how much of the format of film can manipulate the expression of a collection, which isn't the case on a runway. No matter how theatrical you frame a collection, mega sets, super stylist, confetti and cannons and whatnot, close seen from the seats of a fashion show, in movement on a runway are hard to manipulate. But the digital shows in Milan weren't all confined to cyberspace. Dolce Gabbana, Ermeni Gildo Zegna and Etro all presented real-life runway shows to imitate audiences. For Dolce Gabbana, returning to the runway wasn't a desperate move to revert back to the old ways, but an acknowledgement of the human and economic structures that feed on the organisation and the organism of the runway show, especially in Italy. This is a country so dependent on fashion and tourism. It also comes from a place of theranthropy. Slowly, we have to start over, totally respecting the human regulations and safety regulations and force. We're even happier and proud to be here in humanities, a truly special place made up of people who give their lives for medical research and study, Domenico Dolce said, referring to the location of the show. Set in the courtyard of the Humanities Research Hospital, the designers staged it to raise money for the institution's COVID-19 vaccine problem. Like Paris online events that preceded it, the presentations of Digital Milan Fashion Week unmistakably revolved around the idea of the runway, or indeed the absence of it. Whether you believe in the traditional format of fashion shows, or belong to those who hanker after a new digital approach, it's hard to deny how powerful and integral the runway is to designers and their expressions. Few things can showcase the presence of a garment and its connection to a product collection, like a parade of looks wafting right through you on a runway. Except, of course, maybe, a 50-minute documentary that shows you the painstaking process that went into making them. Perhaps Mason Margiela's approach points towards the future needs of fashion, a little more focus on human effort, and all the effort that goes into making those shows. I hope you can join me for the next Fashion Mode show, where I'll be taking a look at the latest headlines, news and style files that have appeared across the international fashion press. With more details and features to follow, you can catch up on all the latest fashion news on forcmagazine.com and at Force Magazine on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also keep up to date with the latest shows directly from Mixcloud, Podbean and our official profiles on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play and Deezer under Force Magazine. Until the next time, keep your fashion mode on. <laughs>